morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. This is Monday morning, Labor Day, September 6th. So glad to have you along today. Thought it'd be appropriate today to talk a bit about work and labor since this is the day we celebrate that. We remember that. It is the last day of summer in, in our U.S. holidays. To those of you joining us from other countries, we consider this our last day of summer. And, and uh, even though people are already back to school, this is traditionally uh, when things change here in our country. But I thought we'd talk some about work, and I'd like to begin with today's verse from Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. This is actually addressed to slaves, but in, in the New Testament day, slaves would have been the, the working class, the employees, shall we say, is, is the primary people he was referring to here. <clears throat> and so, it's appropriate for us to think of this in terms of, of us applying it to us who are employees. Here we go. Slaves, in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those merely, who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily or with all your heart, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. What an interesting concept for us Christians. Everybody has to work. Work is part of life. What an interesting way for Christians to look at your employment, your work. And might I add, this not only would relate to those who work for others, uh, for pay, but for volunteers as well. And so what I say today, if you're a volunteer worker, my hat's off to you. Good for you. <clears throat> Let's talk for a moment about work, what the Bible says about work. <clears throat> I remember years ago, uh, talking to a young young fellow, he was a college-age person. He'd, he'd left college and he'd, he was looking for some work. And, and I was praying for him, asking how his job search was coming. And, and his comment was, and just think, I mean, after, he was having trouble finding a job, and he commented, he said, just think, this whole thing of having to work is all the result of the curse. Is it? Is work the result of the curse? I think not. Let's get our theology right. Several things we ought to recognize. Number one, God is a worker. God worked in creation. God works in salvation. God works in so many ways. In John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, My Father is working, and I myself am working until this very moment, until this time. <clears throat> Excuse me. In, in Genesis, we read that God finished his work when he finished creation, Genesis chapter 2. And then in Exodus, we, we read that we are to honor the Sabbath. Six days shall you work and do all your labor. This is a commandment of God. And it's interesting to realize that the commandment is not just to honor the Sabbath. That's the key. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, we're told, in the fourth commandment. But he also says, six days shall you work and do all your labor. Seventh day shall be a Sabbath unto the Lord. For in six days the Lord created the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day he rested. And so we see that God set the pattern for us. God is a worker. And because he's a worker, we ought to be a worker. And might I add, because God rested on that seventh day, I, I think you and I ought to as well. I make it an effort. I, I make an effort to do so 
each Sunday to remember the Lord on that Sabbath day. But Jesus is a worker too. He said in John 17 or John 5, 17, he's a worker, but also in John 17, 4, Jesus said, I glorified you on earth, <clears throat> having accomplished the work you gave me to do. This is how Jesus glorified the Father. He accomplished the work God gave him. And this is a <clears throat> this is a good thing to do. Jesus was a worker. And the Spirit of God's a worker. Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13 says, It is God who is at work in you. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit in us, and God is working in us. The Spirit of God is working <clears throat> to transform us. <clears throat> Excuse me. But He's also, of course, working to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. God is at work. Our God is at work. He's not asleep. I don't know how you picture Him. He's not asleep. He's not some. God with a big long beard up in a rocking chair, just kind of uninvolved. Our God is at work. And he calls us to be workers as well. Was work the result of the curse? Well, no, because when God created humans, when God created Adam and Eve in the creation mandate, Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. It's called the dominion mandate by many or the creation mandate where God says, go, basically go till the earth, take it and make it productive, make it, make the earth work for you, shall we say. And this would be, uh, this would be the mandate they had basically two, two mandates, have children, have a family, have children and work hard to make this earth, this world to, to, uh, uh, civilize it, shall we say, to make it uh, to till it, to exercise dominion over, to, to subdue it. Now, it is true that after the fall, after the sin of Adam, now God says in Genesis 3, now you'll work and by the, this earth will produce thorns and thistles now. Your work used to have been only satisfying, and now there's frustration to it. Now there's weeds in that garden you're supposed to till. And, by, and you'll, you'll work by the sweat of your brow that you'll produce. This, that is the result of the curse, no doubt. Work has become difficult and frustrating. But it was part of God's initial design, just like birth. Birth, birth is not the result of the fall, but pain in childbirth is. And so God had said right away, right away at the very beginning, have children. But the result of the fall and the curse is now the pain in childbirth. And God said work, but the result of the call, the result of the fall is sweat of your brow, thorns and thistles, difficulty and frustrations in work. The book of Proverbs, we see work all throughout the Bible, but the book of Proverbs is a tremendous book. If you're a parent, I encourage you to teach Proverbs to your children. Read it, have them read it, and you read it regularly. It is God's success manual in life family, morality, and work. It teaches us the value of hard work, the value of labor. In, the Bible teaches in all labor there's increase. And Proverbs teaches us it's good to have increase. It's good to develop wealth. It's good to develop, uh, to work hard and to be rewarded for your hard work. And that's appropriate and fine. 
And let me encourage some of you who work now, maybe you should be seeking to improve yourself and improve your skills, your abilities, or, or what you're being rewarded for what you do. Don't go about work lazily. And Proverbs reminds us of the importance of working hard, working well, working with a good attitude, and being productive. Bottom line, folks, there is a dignity in work. There's a dignity. I know people, I've had an attitude myself, that sometimes, you know, the goal is to work as little as you can and make as much as you can. Like work isn't all that good of a thing, so how can I get by with the littlest work I can do to make the most I can do? That's not a godly attitude. Godly attitude is hard work. Now, this was an attitude that built our country. As it went, and when our country was once more God-fearing, this was the attitude to work as unto the Lord, not just for my employer, but to work as unto the Lord and to realize from the Lord I will receive my reward. As that permeated so many people's minds, that, meant, that led to a great building time in America. But as we've drifted away from God, work has developed some not good ideas. Some people think certain work is beneath them, beneath their dignity, that some work is good and some work is, is, is they're above it. I discourage that type of attitude because that comes from pride. I do encourage work the best you can, do the best job you can, but I think it's good to teach children to the value of, of, of just simply working hard on things that later on in life may not be their career. But it doesn't hurt for them to learn how to, to bear the, the labor, bear the yoke in their youth. Um, other people have the attitude where work becomes their idol. Where if God is not central in their life, work becomes their purpose, their meaning. And they sacrifice family. They sacrifice God. They sacrifice values. They sacrifice morality. They'll do anything for their work. They'll do anything for money. They'll sacrifice their integrity. They'll sacrifice their principles, their values, simply to make more money and to advance at work. And they leave behind a damaged family, maybe a ruined family, a ruined relationship with God, a bad conscience, and indeed, they lose their integrity and honesty. And sometimes when they do that, even the company they work for, they suffer when they get caught for that lack of integrity. We live in a time where it's, it's a strange because in the last year and a half, our government's actually been paying people not to work. It's the strangest thing, the strangest thing where our government rewards those who don't work. And I realize they're talking about a pandemic, but my goodness, uh, rewarding you for not working? Our government said some work is not essential. Well, we know what they mean, essential to survive, but according to the Bible, all work has dignity. All work is essential. It's essential to work to provide for your family. And, and, and so I, I realized what they were saying. Maybe the word just wasn't the right word. But I hope that all work that you do is thought of as essential, important, because it's God's calling and God's will for your life. We've had a lot of talk about income inequality in our, in our day. And indeed, in America, the rich have gotten richer in the last number of years, I mean, the last several decades. The rich have gotten richer. 
but the poor have often gotten richer too, at least if they're willing to work and they do work hard. We've had such great opportunity that even, even the poor in our day and age have a cell phone. They probably have a flat screen TV. They may have a car, probably have air conditioning, and of course such things that other, others may not have like running water, electricity, and so on. You know, those who complain about income inequality and are calling for socialism, well, anytime that's been tried, it's made everybody equally miserable, equally poor. Socialism has never really lifted up the masses of people to being happier, or wealthier, more successful, more a better standard of living because socialism takes away freedom. The Bible does teach that a person who works should be rewarded for that. And when we live in a free society that a person sees opportunity, that if I work hard and I work smart and I develop myself and I put forth the effort, I can improve my life. And of course, this is what we call the American dream, that every generation can raise children with the idea that my children can have a better life than me. And that dream is still alive for many people. Now, of course, if the families have been destroyed, like socialists want to do, the family unit's been destroyed and, and kids are growing up bitter and angry, it's probably not going to happen. But if the family stays intact and you work hard and you train your children well, the odds are still pretty high that your kids will be able to have a better life than you've had. That's what we call the American dream, and that's why we still stand for freedom in our nation. So I want to say a special thank you today to those people who work. To those people who work, if you have a white-collar job, if you have a blue-collar job, if you, have, uh, if you are a owner, entrepreneur, manager, I know you work hard. If you work for someone, I know you work hard. I pray you'll give it your best. I pray in all cases you'll work as unto the Lord and not just as a man-pleaser. And I want to give a special thank you to those who volunteer. Your work in the church, in a nonprofit, maybe volunteering in a hospital or at some, uh, some place that helps other people, your volunteer work, maybe volunteering in a community garden, whatever it may be, your volunteer work is valuable whether you get paid for it or not. I want to I give special call out and special uh, praise to, to moms who stay home with their kids. Do you work? I think so. You work hard to shape the next generation and raise the children God has given you. And you may not get paid for it, but let's never think that the value of work is, is always and only determined by what we get paid for. Remember, we serve the Lord. Our work is unto the Lord. And so for anyone today who works, whether you get paid a lot, whether you're just starting out and you're not getting as much yet, whether you are a volunteer, I pray for your work, and I thank you. I pray you'll be faithful. And as you are faithful, remember, God will exalt you, give you more opportunities, because God exalts the faithful. Bloom where you're at, my friend. Bloom where you're planted. Wherever you are in this world of work, bloom where you're at. Be the best you can be where you're at. And God knows how to lift you up. God knows how to give you new opportunities God knows how to reward you. Never forget, it is the Lord God whom we serve. Father in heaven, we thank you today for this, this whole idea of work and labor. 
This is your idea. You created us to work, not just to work, but you created us to worship. But work is part of your creative plan for us because you are a worker and you made us in your image to be like you. Father, thank you that you're working. Jesus, thank you. You glorified the Father by accomplishing the work the Father gave you. Spirit, thank you. You're working in us. We thank you that when we work, we work as unto the Lord. That we, in one sense, any earthly reward we get is, is icing on the cake. Our real reward will come when we stand before you. Help us to work this way. Help us to work with all of our heart. Help us, I pray, Father, we be known as the people at work with the best attitudes, that we're diligent, we're faithful, we're Christian. I pray that our lives and our lights would shine brightly in a world where people are always complaining about their work, their boss, their situation. Help us, Lord, to stand out and be lights in a dark world. I pray, Father, that our testimony at work would be a great one. I pray again, Father, our testimony at work would be a great one. And yet, Lord, we know we compete, shall we say, against people who've made work their idol, their God. They work insane hours. They sacrifice their family, their, their religion, their conscience, their integrity to make more money and to get advances at work. And, and Lord, it, how do we compete against people who have made it their God and they've given all to that? Show us, Lord. Give us wisdom. Show us how, as we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, you can exalt us. You can make us more intelligent. You can make us more successful. You can make us more creative. You can give us, who serve you, you can give us things that those who, who are only serving the dollar and have neglected you, you can give us things they don't have. So, Lord, make us like a Daniel. Make us like a Joseph. Lord, I pray that we would put you first in all things, put you first at work, and then you would exalt us in our, in our work, in our careers, in our jobs. We pray for this, Father. I pray, Father, for those who work who also face the fear, the difficulty of, of changing social norms and expectations of their employer, their boss, about moral issues and inclusivity and diversity and how these, these good terms have been used to try and force Christians and try and force people of, of moral courage and moral dignity to undermine their morality. Give us wisdom, Lord. Give us wisdom in our work. Show us how to be the most effective, the most wise, shrewd as a serpent, wise as a dove, innocent as a dove. We pray for this today. We bless you today, and we thank you for all these, these scriptures and this day to remember you, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, folks, hey, thanks for being with me. You know, I've mentioned I, I head back on campus tomorrow. I'll be at Columbus State um, uh, College here in Columbus tomorrow and Wednesday. Come on out if you like. I start around noonish, and uh, we'll see how the day goes. But uh, pray for me. I'm a little rusty, so I'm, I'm planning to go out and, and, and give, it, give it the best in the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, pray for me. I appreciate that. Um, I will be here tomorrow morning, same time, 8.30, and we'll be continuing as we look into God's Word 
and we look at some of the benefits of God's Word. So I look forward to seeing you then. God bless you. You have a great day. Honor the Lord with all your heart, and be blessed this day. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.